was a, an accomplishment, but it wasn't where I wanted to be. And so my mom would always get on me about that, about you know not taking time to stop and smell the roses and reflect a little bit too on your progress and your journey so far. Shirag, welcome. Thank you. Dan is uh, Shirag's coach and has been since August. August, yeah. August yeah. of 2022. Um, and Shirag sits here today as a senior in high school, uh, accomplished all of the things that he came to us for in August and has a great story and is well on his way to being a, an extremely successful young adult in the next few years. So, um, Dan, just get us started uh, with Shirag, how you guys met, and Shirag, we'll, we'll kick it over to you to kind of share your story. Cool. Um, and as I think back into August when we first, when I first, well, we first met Shirag, uh, he came in and he was definitely quiet and he was with his father and his father was doing like most of the talking and Shrag would just come in and, and agree with his dad and, and tell me a little bit of what he wanted to do. And, uh, as we started working together, um, a few things stood out to me it was his passion and determination to get towards his goal and his commitment to consistency and really just like his intelligence. And I felt like I was, I'm nearing 30 years old. I felt like I was talking to someone more close to my age and I was really surprised that this is a 17 year old kid. Um, so I just, I know, I knew just from meeting him in the first week that he was going to be very successful and what the goal we were going to reach now and then onward in his life. So, um, it's been great working with you, Shirag, and, and I'm very um, grateful that I was able to be your coach and, and lead you to where you're, get, you're going now. And um, let's just dial back, though, and give us a little introduction of who you are and why you chose to come to a gym to reach your goal and, and tell us what your goal is and, and was and is now. Yeah, so uh, like, I was, like you said, I'm like, still a little bit younger so i'm seeing oh um senior in high school so as coming into this year it was kind of looking at where am i going to go to school and i uh, had this longing to go serve be at a, a military academy so um the goal was there i mean grades grades wise I, i'd like to think that i was good enough extracurriculars i had all that but the big big gaping hole in my application was uh was my fitness because um through COVID and stuff like that, I was kind of uh, was on and off with it. There were times where month spurts where I'd be really, really good with doing a workout or going and being active. And then there'd just be months at a time where I'd just half-ass it and kind of be really, really mediocre with my consistency and the effort I was putting in. And so by that point, coming into, I believe it was May of 2022, I was at 220 pounds which wow. was the, the, the most I've ever weighed in my life. And I never want to get back to that point. And so that's the, the goal to keep going. And so I went to the, the Naval Academy summer program. I wanted to see, you know, is this, is this something I want to do? Is this something I want to pursue later on in life? And so I went there. It was hell. I mean, they were waking me up at 530, running me. But I figured out, like, that's, that's the place I want to be. And so I come home. Uh, I just kind of throw myself into working out on my own. And I was able to get some decent success out of it. I was able to drop down. I think it was 198, but I I needed more because the the fitness test it's it's crazy. It's um it's a basketball throw, pull ups, sprints, sit ups, push ups, and then a mile run, and it's all consecutive with in total through the entire test. It's supposed to be an hour test, 
with uh with six minutes of rest and you need to hit a certain score to pass and so by that point i was only able to do throw the basketball maybe 40 feet do the sprints in like 12 seconds couldn't do a single pull up sit-ups around 50 push-ups 12 and uh, my mile was around like 8 eight thirty. so i needed i needed something to come get the extra push and so i cold called a bunch of gyms and trainers and just trying to find somebody who knew what i was uh looking for and i actually spoke to you mike about it and you had experience you told me you had experience with training people for and i was like you know what you gotta come down and give it a try did and you know haven't looked back since yeah it's awesome we we actually uh pre-covid had a few high school kids that reached out to us randomly like around the same time specifically looking for uh training for the the academy tests so you know we did have that experience and you know i i think one of a few things that stood out from when Shirag originally called me was the fact that he was calling me and not like a parent calling saying, Hey, my child, you know, is interested in this, this, and this. Uh, I was very intrigued by a high school kid uh, speaking the way he did through the phone, like knowing exactly what he wanted. Mm. And I think that was more important to me in, in terms of saying, yes, we can help you versus, yeah, we have this training protocol. Like I'll just, give you the training protocol we did for the last group that was here. Um, you know, my point is like we were, I felt like we were equipped to be able to help him because mentally he was of the frame of mind that I believe was going to be coachable to get whatever he wanted. It didn't even need to be the, the, the Academy test. So I'm happy you, you chose us. Yeah. My parents were very generous with, uh, uh, providing like a significant investment for it because I know any, with any, gym or with doing anything with a personal trainer or personal training it gets a little expensive but at the end of the day the way i look at it now how much ever it was here um i'm saving about half a million dollars so that's that's good on my end yeah it's amazing i mean it's it's a it is it's an investment right and not all investments or i don't i can't think of any investments that pretty much have a guaranteed return right so um it was important they tr- obviously trusted you they trusted us um, and they, their, their investment is paying off mm-hmm. and it's, it's amazing because you know, having a, a child of my own now, I, I'm, I know I'm at, have a many investments ahead where I'm going to be faced with the same decision. Like, should we put this money up with hopes that it's going to infuse her or develop her or empower her to get to somewhere or access something? I can't imagine what that feels like yet. So. Uh, kudos to your parents and we're thankful for them to yeah. to trust us and um we're thankful for you to trust us all this time and you sit across from us now weighing what uh today 178.4 wow. so a year later a year later went from 220 to 174 and we're not a weight loss company but i share that metric because it is a in a, a very objective measure of the amount of work and consistency that you've put in and the commitment that you've had and um you know, that started with your experience at the Naval Academy. That was a year ago as well, right? Yeah. Just coming around a year now. And so hopefully a year from now I'll be, or a couple months from now I'll be going into the military, which is crazy to think. Wow. Mm. What was your, what were your thoughts as a younger kid, freshman, sophomore, maybe even into middle school, uh, with, with where you would be right now? Was it always thinking you were going into the academies or was there a different track in mind? 
Well, uh, it's, it's my mom is was dead set against me going to the military. Well, my dad, my dad was he wanted to apply when he was uh, when he was younger in India. They call it the NDA, which is like the Indian version of West Point. But my grandma wouldn't let him do it. And so coming in, he was always on board with it. And so when I told my mom when I was younger, I wanted to go into the army. She was uh, she was not on board. And so I kind of like put that on the back burner and just, you know, like every every kid who doesn't want to go into the military and wants to go to college thinking aiming for the top, you know, Harvard, Cornell. But uh, I was, you know, was my uh, freshman year accounting class, I sat next to a kid who was applying to West Point. And so I saw him submit the application. I saw him get the notification that he was disqualified medically. And then I saw him get the notification that he got a waiver and he was able to go. And then I saw him get his acceptance too. And so I was with him through the entire process. And I looked at it and I was like, this is something I want to do. And then, you know, I convinced my mom. And then the day she stepped foot, she dropped me off at Navy for the summer program. She was like, you got to go here. I mean, this place is amazing because wow. they have crazy facilities and you get top secret clearances to go to your like calc class or your, your engineering class, which is an experience you don't get anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure I I've been to the Naval Academy before and it's, and, and West Point, they're both beautiful. Um, I, and I can imagine her pulling up and like what she perceived to be true about military was totally redefined the minute she pulled up to that front gate and you pull in, you're like, this is the military. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. Like, yeah, there's order and structure and whatnot, but you're not pulling up to, you know, what you see on TV for, uh, yeah. for I, like an army base. She's probably thinking more of like a Marine. Yeah. No, there weren't Marine any, any warheads on, on the, yeah. uh, on campus. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Where, where is that? Uh, Navy's in, uh, Annapolis. Maryland. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, uh, the, your former classmate, is oh. he, is he, is he through the Academy now or? Uh, he is a junior right now at West Point. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And you're at Princeton high school. Yep. Obviously very smart kid. I'd like to think so. <laughs> I'm going to say tell. you're very smart. <laughs> <laughs> just tell by what we've said so far and how he's talking. Yeah. And going off like, uh, Chirag is an old soul, you know, like he's, he comes in, he, he'll come in 5 a.m. He'll be working out before I'm even here sometimes. And he's bumping like Grateful Dead. And um, again, just, but go ahead and, and a high school kid knowing what you want and to wake up before school, get a workout in, just shows the dedication. And like we were saying before about his maturity, it, as soon as I met him, because you can give this book to someone and they can they can have like so much more of like a stoic mindset after reading it. But if you give it to the person with the right mindset, they get the whole thing. And I'm talking about David Goggins first book. Oh, yeah. Um, Can't hurt me. So I knew right away. I was like, well, you're military. You had this weight loss journey and you have a great mindset. I want you to read this book. And it was like the first thing I had, like the first assignment I had him do outside of exercise and uh he read that book and what did what did you get out of that book because i i know reading that book if you're not in the right set in, in the right mindset you can have a total outlook different outlook of just like i'm gonna shut everything off and just work hard hard and beat myself up but if you really look into it and and look through his journey of life and understand like who he was to become who he is now um, there was a lot to it, but what did you get mostly out of that book? So the first thing I got is when I read it, I was like, man, I want to be like him. 
but then you know working out like taking the time and like letting the book simmer and the the knowledge that i that was shared and like imparted through it i realized that being david goggins is something only david goggins can be and so what i did is i took some of the lessons that he presented in the in the book and in the story and um took them and made them my own so when he's talking about the weight loss journey i can't fully commit to you know doing 10 hours a day you know two hours on a treadmill two hours in the pool two hours doing push-ups two hours doing pull-ups i can't do that because with my schedule and all the other commitments i have so i gotta take that mindset of i'm working out 10 hours a day but do it into school so do as best as i as well as i can in school um be very very careful with what i'm eating watch my diet well give my 100 percent in workouts and so I treat that 10 hour period of where I'm awake as this is just me working out, but everything is kind of everything. I need to do everything well, because if I do everything well, it'll just transition. So the effort I transition into one thing just keeps going and going and going to just keep working. And then uh, also um, it I, like whenever I run and I get tired at the end, I like for some reason, like his voice pops up and he's like yelling at me. He's like, do one more, do one more, do one more keep running keep running stuff like that like small stuff like that just kind of stuck with me and you know so second book was good too i mean it was really really good yeah yeah did you read that book dan the first first and the second yeah what did you get from the first one um the first one so like i said so when i read the first one it was right after i had a shoulder injury and i was like in between getting surgery and and uh the injury happening and so i was in a mindset of like a comeback mindset like i'm gonna come back after this but when i read it um it really touched me emotionally because he had like such a rough childhood and he was just bullied and everything and i i like really touched into like empathy reading it and feeling for him and then seeing his comeback story and him going through um the navy seals boot camp three times and and him just like adversity after adversity, like going after it. And I was also getting into running and he was doing a lot of running. So I took a lot of just like, even if you're beat all the way to the ground, you can still work yourself to being the successful person that you want to become and the best version of yourself. Hmm. Um, and then the second book really just dials in more on like his, his backstory and goes in on more of his races. And so it's just, you're learning more about Davy Goggins in the second one. And, and it, it's a prolong of him just like still working hard at something mm-hmm. after the military. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a great, great story just to like Chirag saying, give a little motivator and it shows you that like hard work does pay off always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I hear from both of you and I, I know Dan, you've shared your story on some other podcasts that we've had, but is a, it's more so the frame of your mindset. Uh, and the lens at which you look at your life. Shirag explained, I look at my life through the lens of a 10-hour day. And the book uses the 10-hour day from f- through mostly the frame of how do I physically do something hard throughout the day for the weight loss journey or something like that. But it doesn't always have to be physical. Shirag has done a great job of looking at the 10-hour day from what can I do academically, socially, physically, mentally, um, you know, relationally with my family, you know, I've heard that from him and the same thing for you, Dan, when your shoulder was injured, I remember you said this multiple times. You're like, well, I can't do the things I used to do, but what can I do? Mm. 
I can run. And then boom, that's what like led you to where you are today as running man, Dan. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just more so the frame of mind, not necessarily trying to like copy and paste that person's story into your story. It's like use their mindset that they had to have a successful story and create your own story like with that mindset. Yeah. Which is cool. Now I don't have to read the book. <laughs> yeah, you don't. <laughs> oh, you man. should, though. You should. Uh, what else What else has stood out to you, Shirag, from your time with us since August? Um, I'm more so curious in, in my question uh, as it pertains to your life outside of the physical activity that you've had here. Well, for more than anything, I've become more more disciplined with a lot of this stuff because before it kind of was like a chore for me to get up and go to the gym. And now kind of my days are built around going to the gym. Like I know I have to get it in, so I'll plan my days accordingly. So if I know I'm going to go out, make sure to come in early or come in right before that so I can get it done. And it's helped me kind of structure my days so I have to plan them better. And so when I plan more, I've always had a problem with procrastinating. Like, you know, turn it in, the assignment in like the night before it's due or be up till midnight. Going to the gym and I know I have that like hour and a half to two hour block kind of uh shut out for the day i need to plan my day accordingly mm. and so with that i'm turning in stuff on time wow. not on time but like in a better fashion i'm getting my work done i'm um i'm just i'm spending more time with my family now too now that i plan stuff because sometimes when i plan stuff i over plan and so now i have this hour and a half block free or whatever and so i could go spend time with my family spend time with my brother because i know that's a premium now now with me going in the military and so it's going to be you know, on and off for like 15, 20 years. And I want to just get as much of it in as possible. Hmm. I, I've heard what I, what I heard from you is something I've heard described before as a keystone habit and keystone habit for you in this season of life is making your fitness routine a habit. And it's, a, it's become a keystone habit for you because there's been a ripple effect on every area of your life to make sure that it remains one of your top priorities on your list. Um, how did, how did you like, how did that process work? Did you just wake up one day and you're like, okay, uh, fitness is a keystone habit or was it an overtime thing of just getting through like the gritty, not really feeling like it sometimes. And then eventually it becomes a keystone habit. It was more of, Oh, this, this dream I have, this goal I've set for myself as it looked like it was going to become more and more attainable. It, I felt like I needed to do more and more and make sure that I went as hard as I could because I don't want to look back 10 years from now and think, oh man, if I would have just gone to the gym a couple more days a week or if I would have woken up that those couple of days and put in the the work when I really, really needed to, I wouldn't be regretting this. Mm. Or if I turned the assignments in on time. Oh, they were always uh, in on time. Or whatever, yeah. you know, if I, if, I if I turned them in at a more reasonable time, maybe yeah. I would have had more mental clarity to focus on the gym or focus on my family. Yeah, you're right. It's a complete, it's a ripple effect. It's so, everywhere. Yeah. And so as the dream became more, more alive, I realized I just needed to do more and put everything. I had to throw all my chips in, mm. bet, it, bet it all. So yeah, that's huge. Like for, that's, Dude. that's a cool reflection on your part. I mean, I'm learning from you as you're sharing, but I'm, now I'm hearing like, like what makes it possible for a habit to become a keystone habit is to make sure that it aligns with a dream or a goal that is actually attainable 
And it's not like this far-fetched thing that isn't tangible. And the more it became attainable to you, the easier it became to say, no, 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 no. This is, this is keystone habit, right? Like you could have been in, I don't know, let's say you were in seventh grade and you had a pipe dream of going to West Point or, or one of the academies, right? It's not the same. Like it's not as easy at that time to make what you're doing right now, keystone habits like into effect because it's so far away. Like it's so much more of a dream and not as much reality. I would have started that early. It would have been a lot easier for me to do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but my point is like for anyone, regardless of whether you're interested in a military academy or getting off of blood pressure medication, like the, whatever the thing is that's going to access you, the end result needs to, you have to have a realistic attainable goal that's put in place as an expectation. When you came in for your consultation with Dan and I, and you said, I'm running a 840 mile, these are my sit-ups, these are my push-ups, I want to drop 20 pounds, or I want to drop weight, and I, I don't do any pull-ups. It would have been unrealistic for us to tell you this past August that we were going to get you to do 20 pull-ups, drop 70 pounds, Run a and run a 640 one. or like run a six minute mile. Yeah. That's what, in, you, what you put in, you get out. And so right. it all depends on the person. Like but we had to be my, yeah, my point with that, like sharing that is just that we, we had to set attainable goals, goals and expectations for you so that you could make this a keystone habit. And it wasn't like this thing that was, you didn't feel like you were progressing in the direction that you wanted to go, which is awesome. That being said, like, even if you do have a goal that's further away, I think people always make the mistake of diving into reaching that goal by like going a hundred miles an hour right off the bat. And I think even if he did start in seventh grade, maybe not putting 10 hours a day towards something, but putting five minutes a day towards getting closer to that goal. And as it goes, gets closer, you start to build that momentum of, of building up that volume that you can do more and more to, to reach that goal. Hmm. So even if we, we take weight loss for instance, and, you feel like it's overwhelming to go to the gym for an hour. It's like, okay, why don't you just go go for a walk for five to 10 minutes, start there. And that is getting you closer to reaching your goal than not doing anything at all. Mm -hmm. And I, we, I just said this before the, the podcast started, but there was a quote that I just heard the other day and it was um, something along the lines of, you're, better, you're, you're gonna be closer to your goal if you try and fail than if you didn't try at all. So it's like you're you're better off just like trying to get there slowly than not trying at all. And over time, you're going to be where Shirag is now where you, you it's a very obtainable goal. So now I can dive into it and put a little more effort and maybe get a little more uncomfortable in cer certain situations because you're that much closer to the goal. And if you do push yourself a little more, get a little more uncomfortable, you're going to you're going to get it sooner. But you got to be in that close realm. But you got to start small in the beginning. Attainable. Yeah. So one question I have for you, Shirag, and no pressure at all with this one, with me sitting in the room. Hmm. But uh, who are three three of the most influential people that have impacted you to get to this point in your life? Um, well, count my mom and dad as one. Go you at number two, and uh, Jerry Garcia at number three. <laughs> <laughs> Why Jerry Garcia? Uh, just his music, the way the dad they just like help me find my Zen and like help me calm down spiritually and become more focused. Cause I mean, like every time I have a long run, like the last song on my run playlist is touch of gray, which is, you know, it's like the quintessential end, end of end of day or end of time or end of workout song. 
And so I just, you know, I just love their music and I always have them on when I'm working out and they're just, they're always there. They're always there. You can turn them on, turn them off, you know, listen to them at any time of the day. Wow. If we, when uh, I did uh, the 4x4x48 four by four by and me and Chirac did four miles together, we played the Touch of Grey the whole four miles <laughs> for like 40 minutes. Just How long repeat. is the song? Five minutes, five minutes, 38 seconds. Wow. <laughs> so you got eight reps of it in. Yeah. Yeah. It nice. just kept on repeat. <laughs> it was good it's a good song man <laughs> that's great the uh another question that i had for you is um kind of piggybacking off of the goals conversation that we were just in is how your scoreboard is has changed most recently with now getting acceptance letters into these academies that you've applied for because last this time last year so let's say april of 2022 your scoreboard was very different and I imagine it was a little bit more different in like over the fall. And then as you've progressed, so how has it now progressed? Cause you're getting accepted now. You no longer have to do the physical fitness test. You no longer have to do much of the application process. So I imagine it could be for some people really easy to kind of like fall off, take a break and say, no, nah, I'm good. I, I like, I got it. I'm going to chill until I get there. Scoreboard meaning like the set of goals I have moving forward. Yeah, like, like you you have a day to day scoreboard that you're living your life by, right? And yeah. you're 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 scoring points for yourself today, or you're not, and you're scoring points tomorrow, or you're not. Mm -hmm. How do you define that for yourself? So I I just feel like there's just always something you got to keep going at, and that's how I've kind of kept myself motivated even after the test was submitted and applications were due. And so now it's kind of uh, my my new goal for fitness is being able to do the. Um, when I, if I were to go to Air Force or if I were to go to Marine, there's airborne school. So it's air assault, so you're jumping out of airplanes. And so my goal is to be at the uh, the minimum, at least at the minimum for their fitness standards, which is I'm getting really, really close to it. So it's a 1558 two-miler. I think it's 36 push-ups. And um, I'm, don't quote me on the sit-ups, but I think it was 57, one minute. Mm. And so it's the Army fitness test for the – enlisted and officers and so it's from the 17 to 21 range so i want to be well exceeding that by the time i go there and then from there just keep going on especially for professional standards like what whatever whatever job i want in the military i'm going to need to hit another fitness set of fitness standards and so i already i already know what i want to do and i, I know i want to be at those standards before i even get there mm. and so it's uh that's just what i do just keep setting small goals to keep you going and then eventually you'll you'll stop it's great i mean will you stop though it sounds like you have the mindset of an infinite game you know yeah. that if it's like all right i got this marker there's something above that and there's something above that and even i feel like when you're out of the military there's maybe not like a set goal but there's always going to be something that you're going to be striving for yeah, you know, like when I'm 65, 70 years old, you got to stop there. You got to stop sometime, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I disagree. I yeah. think I think you're going to find a hobby when you're retired, when you're yeah. 65, 70. And, and my my belief is that when you get to that age, it just changes to the golf course or it changes to yeah. the tennis court. I'm dead serious. You, like you have to have something or else you wither away. And, and I'll take a pickleball. Something. <laughs> something like like yeah. you got to have something because then you, you like – complacency is the start of stat like it's complacency stagnancy like there's no growth and i can't imagine like having physical fitness and and working towards something like that for 50 years that would be at that point when you're yeah. 60 70 years old like 50 or 40 years 
of doing that, it's it's just like imprinted. Like you, you're gonna always have that. And I, I I like I said, you have that infinite game mindset. Yeah, my my grandpa actually, he's a great example of that. When he was uh, younger, he wasn't big in the fitness, and so he is a, a big walker. And so mm. when we he came to live with us for a bit. He came to visit and stuff like that. He was doing. Um, I always remember this because he's like he's like seventy four now. He did a thirteen mile walk in the morning. He comes home and he's like sitting there making breakfast for everybody. He's he's a beast. Thirteen miles. Like thirteen it. miles. How yeah. long does that take? I mean, if he's walking it, that's like four hours maybe. He's up. He's up at five and he's and he's back before <laughs> he, I'm even he, up. He walks around to the school bus and then like he <laughs> he, he meets going. the school bus when it arrives back <laughs> from the day. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, and in India too, they have a complex. It's a one-kilometer loop, and he just walks it, walks it, walks it, walks it. I woke up and I walked it with him one morning when I was in India. He just would not stop. He just kept going. <laughs> like I was, we did like you know five a five k, and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, no, we'll go go in, have some breakfast. No, he just kept going, and he was wow. back by the time you know everybody else in my family was up. What is he listening to? Uh, prayers. Does, okay. He's actually listening to something. He's listening to uh, in in his headset. Yeah, uh, uh, they're yeah. called bojans in Hindi, which is like songs for God. Mm-hmm. And so he's just listening, and they're long too. And so he'll listen to like there's one that's it's like a chant. It's like chanting. I I don't remember the chant off the top of my head, but it just goes on for like about an hour and a half. And he just listens to that. Wow. And then he'll throw another one on. He'll just so he's almost on. he's like walking and meditating yeah, at the same like time. Meditation. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, he's mastered that. that Imagine is, meditating for four present. hours. Yeah. Sheesh. Sometimes yeah, nah. he'll have his, like, they have, like, their buddies will come down because it's, like, a big community. And so his, some of his friends will come down and they'll all walk together, which is sick. It's a nice thing that they're all coming in and taking that whole, that uh, that aspect of fitness and they're making it fun for them. You know, I think that's important as well, making it fun sometimes because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, it sucks walking four hours alone. Yeah. Listening to your prayers, no matter how dedicated you are or how, in love you are with something sometimes it does get repetitive and it gets boring mm-hmm. it's good to change it up sometimes yeah it's funny you say that because uh and mike did something similar yesterday i just worked out with alexa's husband ben and at the end ben me and ben uh pounded fist and we were and we both were like dude that was fun and it, it exactly that like it was we do it every day but it was just a little out of routine. It, it gave us like a little boost to like work a little harder, and it was definitely fun. And Mike had a similar workout yesterday. I'm sure mm-hmm. I could just tell by how you were after the workout. Like your dopamine w- was rushing through you, your endorphins, and yeah, you seemed like you had a good time. Yeah, I mean, it's you're breaking you're breaking the monotony of your day to day constructs, and I I think that the same mindset for myself applies to going away on vacation, mm. um, like vacation not the vacation, but I, I don't, I've shared this with, with some people before the process of traveling to and traveling from no matter what I'm doing, whether it's vacation or some type of work trip or something, I have so much creativity in the travel to and the travel from, I don't know why, but I've chalked it up to what Dan just described is like breaking the monotony of the constructs of the daily day. And like, I have no obligations except for getting to my flight on time. I have no obligations when I'm on the flight except for, you know, just being on the flight. I don't, you know, so, so Dude, my brain totally escapes that. And like, there's just a different feeling. So it is important to change the environment, change the constructs, change your scoreboard. That's how we got into this kind of thread of conversation yeah. here. It's, it's, it's important or else you get stagnant. 
Yeah, no, I mean, complacency is a big thing. That's the thing that was getting me at first, which is like, you know, I used to play basketball and, you know, with COVID and everything, kind of stopped, not willingly, more of like, you know, they were closing the courts, but there was still stuff I could have done looking back. I'm not one to go looking back and like regret stuff because, you know, everything that I've done, every decision I made, I like to think about it like this. Every decision I made, everything I've done has built me into the person I am today. Mm. And so as long as I'm happy with who I am and who I'm presenting to everybody, that, that, that means I shouldn't have any regrets, but you know, complacency was what got me here and, you know, getting out of that cycle is what's allowing me to attain my goals. Mm. I love that. Amazing. How, how does, we're, we're almost done here, but I'm very curious to, to hear inside your brain and Dan's brain. How, how do you, think about the difference between being content and being complacent with where you are do you think that they're different it's a good question it's a great question i got an answer you go first so when you're complacent i think there's there's more comfort involved and it's not you you're in a spot where you're just very comfortable. I think that's the best way to put it. Like you're just very comfortable and you don't want to get out of that and you can live in that for a, a long time, but you're not going to be happy most likely. Even if you you feel like um, you're in a good spot, deep down there's going to be something telling you to, like you need, you need change, you need change. Being content, you can be in a spot where there you are uncomfortable but you you're in a spot where you know you're working towards something that's greater but you're content where you are in the moment because you can't get out of it all you're doing is working towards it but it's not moving the thread too much but you know you're going to be in this season of life for a little bit and you're content with that because you know it's heading somewhere being complacent you're not heading anywhere you're in this like comfortable bubble where you you could you have more potential but you're just going to stay in that little area Hmm. what he what he said <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah no i mean I, I i agree with him completely being complacent is like you're you don't have a drive to keep going and moving forward and uh i guess when you're being content it's like you know you got a long journey ahead of you but you're content with your progress and where you've come you're just ready for battle you're ready to move on to the next thing and ready to take heads and you know accomplish your next goal Hmm. Interesting. What do you think, Mike? Um, well, as I was listening to both of you, I, I'm thinking of content and I'm not trying to create a new definition for it. I'm just thinking of like the state of mind of being content is I'm still curious about growth mm -hmm. uh, where I am. Like if I'm content, I'm, I'm, I'm fulfilled but curious if I'm complacent, um, either fulfilled or not fulfilled. And, and I'm not curious. I'm just like, eh, whatever. I just kind of like blow with the wind instead of being curious about how to keep growing myself or the people around me. That's what I got. Yeah. And I think being content could definitely turn into complacency too. Because it's first, I think to get into complacency, you have to like get to that spot. Say you get a job in the city 
And at first you, you're pretty content with that job. Like it's a mm -hmm. good paying job. You're going there. And then all of a sudden you have opportunity to move up in that job, but you're just getting comfortable with pay, with the pay you have, where you live and everything. So you're, you're staying there. Like in the beginning it was contentment and now it's just turning into complacency because you're, you're losing that drive. So exactly what we're saying is like content, there's still drive to go, go further, mm. but when you're complacent, you had that drive and you let it burn out and now you're just going to sit there and, you know, let it, let it just stay the same. Yeah. I think being content is kind of like that, that, like, uh, that middle line between being like, I don't know what the anti, like the antonym of complacency would be where it's like, you just keep going, going and you don't stop to mm -hmm. smell the roses sometimes because I feel like that can be really detrimental mm -hmm. one to your mental health and two to your progress because you never, you know, sometimes you do need to pat yourself on the back. And that's something a lot of people have trouble with sometimes, like people who want to keep working and keep going because, you know, I mean, that's something like I, I, I had had a little trouble with is that, oh, my mom always gets me on this. Like whenever I was getting like nominations or getting into other colleges, I just felt like I couldn't because it wasn't what exactly what I wanted to do. It was a, an accomplishment, but it wasn't where I wanted to be. And so my mom would always get on me about that about you know not taking time to stop and smell the roses and reflect a little bit too on your progress and your journey so far. Mm. Yeah, your acceptance to the schools, even though they're not the ones that you wanted to go to, were evidence that the work that you were putting in was earning something. Yeah. And that's ultimately what I think she was trying to help you understand. So as like, I don't know if this is the uh, antonym of complacency, but I'm now the word gratefulness comes into my mind, yeah, right? Like same. if I'm grateful for where I am, like I can be content and I could be grateful at the same time. Like, you know, I think they go hand in hand with each other, but I can be complacent and not grateful. Mm -hmm. And that's a negative frame of life. Yeah. That, that was on the money. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm Shirag is uh, a great guest. He's smarter than both of us, Dan. <laughs> it's like yeah, my dude. philosophy class, 10th sophomore year philosophy class, like Kafka and uh, Nietzsche and all those guys. Yep, Nietzsche. Bringing me back. Wow. And yeah. I think going on what you said real, real quick is, is, is there are seasons of life, and I have this conversation with my one friend, and it's, it's a good topic. It's like there's the David Goggins, and then there's like the Jay Shetty, and they're on like complete opposites of the spectrum. But I think finding like a good balance of, of a little bit of both. And sometimes you go in a season of more of like a Goggins mindset. And sometimes you should go into a season of more of like a Jay Shetty mindset. And Jay Shetty's like more, um, you know, he goes into a deeper thought of life and he's more, he shows way more like gratitude and he will like soak in like the moments and be more present where Goggins is going to be more like, F that, like, let's, let's go, like going full pedal to the metal and, and, and pushing himself, even if he shouldn't, and maybe not reflecting that he just ran 240 miles because the next weekend he's running another 240, you know, he's or never running like, across Florida, but the, yeah. yeah, there should be times in seasons of life when maybe you are pushing it a little more in the Goggins spectrum. And then you are more, more at, in a, like a peaceful mindset, like in a Jetty, Jay Shetty mindset, but finding the balance of both is, is really like the key and, and where you want to be mm. where you can enter both those realms. Yeah. I mean, if you as a human being possess the ability to enter bro both of those realms 
in your control, you're a very dangerous person. Yes. In my opinion, because I can be calm and I can, I can turn it up in my control. That, that, that's very dangerous. If yeah. you're, if you're on one side or the other all the time and you can't access one or the other, you're not as dangerous of a person, right? Right. Yeah. Like when they're pushing you in, in, in the beginning of wherever you choose to go, it's going to be rough and you're going to have to enter some Goggin zones where you're like, I'm going to be the best right now. Like I'm going to be the best version of Chirag right now. Yeah. And then maybe afterwards you can reflect after like the hard push, but that will be a season of your life where you're, you're more so like head down, just getting it done day by day. Mm. Yeah. That's what, that's what all the people, whenever I visit and I meet with people who who've been through this path already, they tell me like, all you got to do is you just got to ride the, uh, the highs and lows. And so, Whenever you get a high high, you ride it as hard as you can for as long as you can. And then when you get to a low, you just kind of got to just go with the flow. Just take, take a couple punches on the chin and just keep working. Mm. And expect both. Oh, yeah. yeah. A, lot of, a lot of the lows. Mm-hmm. A lot more lows than highs. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. signing up for it. Yeah, <laughs> I know what I'm getting into, I think. Yeah. So do you, do you have a decision or could you tell us two that you might be going back and forth with right now? Uh, I, I still am going back and forth at the bottom, like, you know, the back of my mind, I just, it's the way I see it. I'm, I'm picking a career for 20 years cause it's four years. And then I want to do more than five years active duty. I know that, especially if I go to air force and I become a pilot, the minimum is 12. So at least 17 years at air force and at least 15 at coast guard. And so I'm just meeting with different people, talking with some of my mentors in the process you know, people who I know were officers in the Coast Guard or officers in the Air Force who were pilots and have been through a similar path. And I'm trying to get everything in and learn about all the careers and stuff like that in order to make, you know, the best decision possible. Mm. That's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on here. I know. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I'm excited to follow your story. And I'm thinking 17 years from now, Gia is going to be going to prom and I'm going to be... <laughs> <laughs> yoking some dude up <laughs> yeah. it's crazy to think about 17 years from now wow. but Chirag you're, you are an old soul you're a mature soul you're very wise for your age yeah man you make me blush man <laughs> <laughs> well you blessed us with your time yeah appreciate that seriously Dan anything else no man I'm just uh, I'm looking forward to finishing out closing out the next few weeks of training and Um, building up a little more before we send you out. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks.